Welcome to the Starch Solution Weight Loss Podcast. I'm your host, Healthy Emmy. I am a nutritionist and the creator of the Slim on Starch program. If you want to lose weight on a plant-based diet, listen to this podcast. Also, bonus points, go and watch all of my YouTube videos, Healthy Emmy on YouTube. But if you're really serious about this, go to healthyemmy.org, apply to work with me as well as a mindset coach and a nutrition coach, and let's do this thing. Now, on to the podcast. My Slim on Starch client, Jenea, noticed from a young age that her relationship with food was different from those around her. She would do things like sneak into her room alone, hide food, eat an entire family-sized bag of Skittles on her own, eat an entire large pizza on her own, and still go back for more food. She became vegan for ethical reasons a number of years ago, and then found her way to the whole food plant-based diet and thought, oh my goodness, I've found the answer to my binge overeating problem. If I just change the food, then this behavior will go away. But what she found, even after studying this diet more than you could ever imagine, was that the food had changed, but the behaviors around food and the relationship with food was exactly as it has been for all the years prior. So she came to me and I was so excited when I finally had her as a client because I had seen her name on my YouTube channel and I'd seen her in the comments and she said, I'm ready to change my relationship with food. This has been my relationship with food no matter what I've been eating and I want to look at food differently. I want food to be my fuel and I want to focus on other things. My entire life has been around food. So let's hear her tell her story and what she achieved. By the way, if you're new here, hi, I'm Emmy. I'm a nutritionist and the creator of the Slim on Starch program, where you work with me as well as a mindset coach and a nutrition coach to lose weight on a plant-based diet. If you want to do that, go to healthyummy.org or you can just click the link in the down bar. I actually had a huge amount of problems with food, even at a very young age. My mom uh, had to hire a therapist and the therapist convinced me, uh, there was a food monster in my head telling me to eat all the food. Cause I, in the middle of the night at home, I would sneak food. Um, and I could eat a large amount of food, even on a standard American diet. I'd eat a whole family sized thing of Oreos and a bag of M&Ms and steal those tubes of cookie dough and eat those. So my relationship with food has, is deep, <laughs> even from a very, very young age. Um, but you know, I found veganism to be even more enlightening because it's like, it's almost like, just like, I struggled a lot as a kid getting along with people, but the one consistent friendship I usually had was with the animals I was around. (laughs) And, um, yeah, I, I don't even remember how I got to it, but eventually I ended up watching Earthlings with a friend. And I was just like, I was done after that. (laughs) You know, I ended up reading the starch solution later on that year and just learning about all the health benefits. Even from there, it still kind of spiraled out of control, even with having fun making the vegan junk food. And just realizing that even before I went vegan, before I went plant-based, I was still a huge volume eater. Um, So even the vegan junk food could get me into a lot of trouble. weight wise and my weight was not even my weight was not healthy even 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 then it was always at the forefront of my mind I was I had lots of conversations with my husband about it and my husband is a tremendous person he's always just sitting there listening to me but I would just like 
it was almost like I zoned out and I would just just ramble on about weight loss of food and this new technique and that new technique. I've been with him for almost 10 years <laughs> in October and he's seen me at my heaviest. So, and that was one of the things I think me and you had a conversation about later on was during the program was my insecurities with that, you know, and we kind of hashed that out. And I really kind of, you know, it was kind of a therapeutic session, <laughs> really let out what I was really feeling about that. Cause that's sometimes I think to, to an extent, that's kind of one of my number one priority was my number one priority for the weight loss was I wanted to look the best I could for my husband, for myself, of course. Yeah. I want to wake up feeling good, but I like, I don't want to lose him, this and that. And I'm sure other women have that, that pro, um, have that concern too, which is why maybe they're trying to lose weight as well. And I just, Right. And I think what's going on here is it's not that your husband, he needs you to look a certain way. It's that you don't operate at your highest self when you're not feeling good about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You got to feel good about yourself to be your best self. I mean, that's, I, I think for him, I was, I was starting to feel bad that a lot of the conversation was about the food and I just like, and my weight and how the food's affecting my weight and this and that. And he wanted to help, but it's like, it was just getting kind of out of control. And I was realizing like, I need something to really solidify this. I really need to make it a foundation. I want to make it so that it's just habitual for me to eat this way. This is what I want to eat, what I crave every day. And that was kind of the whole purpose of the program was I just wanted to do that. And then, and I just wanted some consistency and I wanted to have that like accountability. And then I was just like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to sign up for a consultation with Emmy and just go and give it a try. Let's just, I don't know. I think that conversation, you were just, you were very warm and welcoming and, and made me feel a lot more comfortable, you know, that, you know, we, I have helped along the way from there. It just kind of launched off. And it was, it was more than just about the weight loss at that point. It wasn't so for sure. Absolutely. Because Janaea, the first time we got on a call, I remember I was so excited to finally meet you because I recognized your name from my YouTube comment, which I was so surprised about. I was like, wow. Yeah, I <laughs> thought you even got my name right yeah. the first time too. <laughs> yeah. It was so exciting for me to meet the person that had been leaving all these sweet comments for years by the, mm -hmm. by the first time that we met. And I think what, what was going on here was you had identified probably through finding the starch solution, finding whole foods plant-based. That was probably the first time you heard the term volume eater, correct? And you, mm -hmm. the light bulb went off and you said, that's me. Perfect. So why yeah. don't I try eating this way so that I can take that characteristic of mine as a volume eater and I can just eat all this whole food plant-based stuff and I'll lose weight. Right. And then he started to go mm -hmm. down that path and find, oh, actually, it doesn't really work like that. If you just eat for the day is long, no matter what <laughs> you can't issues. Do you want to talk yeah. a little bit about that? Yeah. So I definitely was an emotional eater throughout all my life. I mean, we I mean, just me talking about the family size things, the Oreos I would eat. I would even eat my, one of my favorite things was noodles, <laughs> which is funny because now my favorite, my favorite food is potatoes, <laughs> um, but noodles, I would, I, the standard American way I would eat it was with uh, butter, Parmesan cheese, and black pepper. And I would have mixed bean bowls full of it, but there was just never a moment in my life where I wasn't trying to get food. Um, and one of the biggest things that I learned through the program was food is a means to an end. <laughs> You know, like it's, it's just 
supposed to fuel you, like your car, your gasoline in your car is supposed to fuel you, uh, fuel your car, but to get you to where you need to go, right? Like, um, that's not like the whole purpose of the car isn't for it to just get gasoline. You know, it's to drive you to places and get you to where you need to go. Same thing with food. The food is meant to fuel the body so that you can utilize your body on this physical world that we live in and go do the things that you want to do. So, um, yeah, I think um, that was one of the biggest things I took away from the program that I did not expect to get. Like, I wanted to really solidify that foundation, but I really learned how to see not only was I eating those large portions, but I was stuffing myself to the max. Like, I, I couldn't breathe very well after most meals and was tired. And that was the one of the other things we learned about in the program is our hunger fullness piece. I think, yeah, I definitely had some deep seated um, emotional eating problems and um, to, to a really extreme level. I mean, just coming from my childhood and then coming into veganism and it's just, there wasn't never a moment where I wasn't thinking about the food. Um, and these days it's not so much anymore. <laughs> I don't think about it too heavily. Um, there's still lingering thoughts. There's still things that try to trickle up from that old programming, but I'm a lot more well-suited to handle them and notice them. I, I really, um, I really love Eckhart Tolle, Tolle, or I can't remember how to pronounce his name properly, <laughs> but you know, I think really bringing a lot of awareness has helped me kind of notice those thoughts that creep up from before and stop them, not exactly stop them, allow them, watch them and just like, let them be, not react to them. They're just, they're just there. I mean, we have what, 50 to 60,000 thoughts a day. You are not every single thought that goes through your mind. <laughs> I mean, we've all had some crazy thoughts that just randomly pop up in your head and you're just like, where did that thought come from? So you can't believe everything that's going on in your brain, you know, so that urge to go grab those cookies in the cupboard. If you could just figure out a way to kind of create a pause, you can kind of slow down and notice it. And even if you still go and grab the cookie, at least you were doing it intentionally. You're very aware of what you're doing. Um, but that, that was, that was, that, that's been one of the biggest things, even after the program that's helped me a lot with dealing with that stuff. But um, I don't know if I answered your question. <laughs> I kind of got all off. That was very well said, Janaya, that we have so many tens of thousands of thoughts a day. And one of the thoughts is go eat the cookies in the cupboard. That's one of, as you said, 50 to 60,000 thoughts. It doesn't mean that you have to act on it. You get the thought and then the action is here. If there's a divide between these two things, you know, I'll hear people say to me, I mean, I don't want to desire to eat cupcakes ever again. And I say, well, that's sort of part of human nature is to see yeah. it and then your dopamine, your brain lights up in reaction to it. That's human nature. It's okay yeah. to desire a cupcake, but you have the responsibility and the autonomy to take the action of eating the cupcake or moving on with something else. Just because you yeah. or want to eat it doesn't mean you have to. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's so, so true. And I still catch myself um, even yesterday, there was a moment where I was just like, I was actually bored. I wasn't hungry. And I opened the fridge and I just started staring around and there wasn't really like when I looked at like my potatoes or my greens, I was like, I'm not really even hungry for that. I was actually, I was thinking about corn tortillas because one of the things I used to do <laughs> was air fry 
corn tortillas and then I would snack on those right um and I have those on occasion I've obviously it's in my system and whatnot like I have a birthday coming up next Monday I, I might I might do that who knows um but it's it's kind of interesting to see that um when you do have those cravings you don't exactly crave the potatoes or the vegetables so you really aren't that hungry you know um i know chef aj likes to say if you're not hungry for vegetables you're probably not hungry at all but but even for me like in the past it was um that's how that's how it is now for me but like even in the past like before i joined the program it was like i would even be hungry enough to eat the vegetables um even when i wasn't hungry and I'd already be full and stuffing myself. So it was just like, it was, it was just kind of this like crazy thing that transformed over time as I kind of moved more and more into the program and just stopped thinking about the food so much. And that's not even that I stopped thinking. I allowed those thoughts to come through. It's just that I didn't give them much attention because when you give them attention, you give them, you give them the found, like you give them, uh, what's the word I'm looking for reality essentially you, you bring a realness to that thought by giving it attention and acting on it so I think that for me it was really important to create that sort of space in between my thoughts so that I don't have to react to them like even today for this interview <laughs> like the thoughts kept creeping in like what if I do this what if I say this and I was just like all I did today was just kind of just watch these thoughts and just I was like, you know what? They're there. That's okay. That's old programming. I'm just going to let them be, let them coast on. They're going to come. They're going to go. It, it's okay. Like, um, I think you got to create this sort of, um, you know, uh, neutrality. And I think we've, we've talked about that in the program, just with like, not only with the food, but also with like your body, you know, to be just more neutral. You don't have to love it you don't have to hate it um but just allowing it to be as it is right now the body is the shell that you experience life in and we want it to be the one that makes you feel energized the one that you feel aligned with so you don't feel like you're yeah. trapped in a body that's not yours you feel light uh, you're sleeping well you're happy you don't have aches and pains that's what this is all about yeah yeah you said that when you were younger, you were introduced to a therapist because of the, the overeating tendencies. If you were to go back and you were the therapist talking to your younger self, what might you have said? Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. Um, I, I don't think I would try and coax a, a young kid into thinking that there's a food monster. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> I, I don't think that's helpful because like my situation was extreme. I'm not kidding. I My mom had to lock the pantry and chain our fridge with a chain and a padlock at night because she tried to get me to stay away from the food and go and sneaking food in the middle of the night, even during the day. Um, but if I could go back and, and talk to myself again, I would just kind of, I guess I would be a bit more gentler. I would maybe ask like, maybe more questions about why I felt the need to even grab those things. I mean, if you knew anything about my past, my mom was very sick. She actually had Crohn's disease, um, which was kind of one of the reasons I was motivated to go into a plant-based diet, because obviously a lot of people 
um, you know, that's a, I think that's an autoimmune disease that obviously is quite reversible through a plant-based diet. Um, but I think I would just be more gentler with myself and ask why I was even seeking those foods out in the first place. And to know that like, you know, my mom was sick all the time and maybe needing to work through those emotions more, um, then trying to convince myself that there's a food monster. <laughs> she even had me draw one, a picture of it. And I was just like, okay, I like drawing. I'm a kid. <laughs> so I drew this like a crazy, ugly monster, but I was just like, I wasn't buying it even then as a kid. I was like, there's no way. <laughs> but yeah, I would, I would, I would uh, find some other ways to cope with those emotions, maybe to ask those questions, really dive deep into it. And then figure out some way, especially if I was a therapist, get my mom involved to get us all together to kind of work our feelings out and maybe find activities that'll help us kind of work through those emotions. That's, that's probably what I would do a bit differently because I don't think trying to convince a kid that there's a food monster is really the deep, deeper pro, uh, issue going on. I like how you answered that question. You started off by saying that you would ask more questions about what's going on because we take certain actions and we, we have certain behaviors because there's something good waiting at the end of it, right? There's the pleasure of eating the foods. Maybe there's the thrill from the rebellion or there's the, the connection that you feel with that food, mm -hmm. eating that food. There's something good waiting at the end. And so if we could discover what it was that you were going for, that would have been a path into whatever it was that was missing in your life, whether mm -hmm. it was connection or joy or excitement or whatever emotion you were getting from that food. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what your program does really well is we learn a lot about what we're trying to get at. Like, I think one of the Q and A's you did, you were talking about how, like, if you're kind of craving something crunchy. Um, a lot of people you've noticed who are craving something crunchy are feeling kind of maybe anxious or angry more or less, and that that's not real hunger. If you're craving something crunchy, like, you know, and I'll oftentimes notice that even when, even now, even now I'm out of the program and trying to kind of do my own thing, I still notice it, but you know, I just take it one day at a time, one, one moment at a time when that happens just to, um, uh, sorry, I got distracted by the cat. <laughs> Always getting into stuff. I, I got my door locked in there out. <laughs> um, where was I with that? <laughs> Talking about how if you're anxious or angry, you might crave something crunchy. Yeah, yeah. And I, I've, I've seen that within myself. And I just like, it's just taking it one moment at a time to notice it, even if you do go for it, like, at least like, if you can take that moment to really just realize why you're doing it, you're not actually hungry and then just be okay with, okay, well, I don't feel strong enough in this moment to not resist it. So I'm just going to have it, you know, even just recognizing that in yourself in that moment is still a step forward because you're starting to notice when those are creeping up. Um, 100% and to do so without any shame or judgment and that's the harder part. <laughs> you, still, like, you, you can still feel the guilt afterwards, but like, I mean, at least you knew ahead of time and you were really intentional about it before it entered your mouth, I think. So it's still a step in the right direction. I think it's important for us to drive that point home that the behaviors that, that you're exhibiting around food are not a reflection of your soul and your values and 
who you are and how good of a wife you are, how good of a sister you are, daughter you are, son you are, whatever. It's that the, and Dr. Lyle talks about often the system. And I like to think of it that way too, that when you're engaging in these behaviors around food that might be destructive, it's not that you want to be purposefully destructive to your body. It's that your system is, something is a little bit out of alignment here that's making you go toward a behavior that ends up being destructive. And so if we can discover what is sort of off kilter, whether it's not having enough primary foods or being under huge emotional distress, and we can fix that, then the relationship with food can be healed as well. Yeah, no, I think that's super I think that just hits it right there. Yeah. Do you want to talk um, a little bit about primary foods and what that journey looks like for you? Oh yeah, that was, that was a fun one. Cause I, I, I think I had a lot of fun with it, but I struggled with the aspect of really recognizing when I needed those primary foods at first. Now, now I do. Um, after I've been in the program for so long, my, my co mindset coach was Kiki. And if Kiki is watching, hello, hi, I love she you. Is watching. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I loved working with Kiki and she was really helpful with me on the primary foods. Cause there was actually a point. So I love the primary foods. The problem for me is I have one of those, I have the personality type of being super high in openness. Um, and everything interests me anything and everything so I was actually stressing it myself out later on in the program with too many primary foods <laughs> and me and Kiki had to kind of work through that and just be like okay we need to prioritize them based on you know what really gives you kind of that relief that what you're looking for when you're going towards food like and we need to prioritize those more so I had to kind of start looking into that more as I did, I mean, I was doing reading and yoga. I do Pilates now. I, uh, uh, what else? I was, I was learning languages. I kind of dropped that off because there's some other things in my life that are going on. And that was one of the ones that we realized wasn't as in, important of a primary food at this time. And um, I'm a software developer. So I, I do actually like to program in my free time and there's projects I do on the side and drawing and it's the learning more about plant-based <laughs> eating and nutrition and stuff like that, or just is everything like video games, even with my husband, cause he loves video games and stuff like that. But it was, it, I, I kind of overwhelmed myself with the primary foods, but still in the end, they ended up helping me a lot. And I still use them even now, like even, like I said, yesterday, I opened the fridge. I was looking at the food, nothing looked good. I wished I had the corn tortillas and I was just like, you know what, I'm going to go do something else. So I went and I think I even went and just did a Pilates workout. Cause I was like, I'm not even like, like full, <laughs> that full. Um, so I was just like, I'm going to go do a workout. And after I did it, it was gone. So um, it really, it, it, I think at first it takes a while to really feel the effects of those primary foods. You first, you, you do successfully go into a primary food once you've recognized that you're just having a craving, you're not hungry, but then you still might still have that craving even after the primary food. And it's okay if you, if you do go and eat those things, at least you made the effort and tried and you're creating the habit. I think that's the biggest thing you have to keep in mind is to remember that you're forming that habit, even when you go in and you want to eat that thing, but you're very aware of the fact that you want to, and you're not really hungry but you still go and eat it, eat it. And then you maybe feel guilty about it. At least you still made that intentional conscious decision to do it. 
and you're creating that habit so that the next time the the, the times that happens afterwards it's gonna it's gonna be easier for you to say no to it you know um for you to just kind of be like okay i noticed that that's a craving not really hungry um so i'm gonna go do this instead and it's just gonna get easier and easier as you keep practicing it um but the primary foods help with that a lot mm -hmm. i think what you just touched on is the concept of chipping away chipping away chipping away and as cliche as it sounds rome wasn't built in a day and so to form these new neural pathways and to let the new, the old neural pathways in our brain die out, it's okay if it takes time. Being patient with yourself, which is the hardest thing, is what's going to make it or break it with your success in the long term. Yeah, yeah. And I think instead of practicing patience, just practicing, you know, allowing just things to be as they are, mm -hmm. um, not resisting what's happening in that moment is is a little bit easier, I think, for me at least to do and just be like, okay, this is what's happening right now. I'm just gonna let it let it happen <laughs> and be okay with it. And we'll 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 worry about the rest later because we can't do anything more than what's going on right, right now. If you made it to this point in the video, comment smarty because Janaea really is a smarty. Thank you, Janaea, for doing this interview. I love you, honeys, and I'll see you in my next video.